everyone, and welcome to the No Tech and No Tie podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we polish off our resumes and get ready to apply for the open athletic director position. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, mine, my resume is not great. Mine's got pretty a, good. I've got a like 17-year NCAA 13 dynasty running, uh, won like 12 national titles, so I guess that's all I have going for me. I was the fastest ejected first base coach in volunteer coach history. <laughs> I was playing uh, Madden 21 the other day and threw five picks and threw the controller. So yeah, I think... Uh, Were you I guess I'm not rivers? applying to be quarterback. I'm applying to be... Wait, if you combine all three of us, though, would we be able to make a decent athletic director, you think? Or, or Let's no? see. Between Nathan's five theoretical picks, my ejection, and your dynasty, I'd say we have a good shot at being the janitor. <laughs> it sounds like you would be better without us, Evan. Maybe so. I, I don't know. Um. Good, good spot for lead custodian. But before we talk about that athletic director opening that just happened today that we're recording this on Monday... Uh, we were supposed to play a game last week against the Baylor Bears. Evan, what happened? Yeah, uh, well, they waited for me to finish making the uh, GTPDD contest, and then they announced that the game was uh, canceled. So that's what they were waiting for. Sorry, this time I'll, well, never mind. It's Monday night, and I still haven't made it yet. So <laughs> we're in the same boat this week. But uh, b- basically what happened was Hurricane Laura came through, and you know Tech had done a pretty good job of, um, doing social distancing and, you know, making sure the players understood that they needed to be safe outside of practice. But then Hurricane Laura came through and last weekend, I guess the whatever that would be, the sixth or so, they ran a test and something like 38 players came back positive in the week and a half after Laura came through. And, you know, the power got knocked out for up to five days in some places in Ruston and Guys' families from South Louisiana came up and stayed with them in their dorm rooms. So, I mean, I, I can't really, bl- like, you can't blame anybody, right, for, for what happened. And hopefully just everybody who has, who had COVID or has it currently is, you know, recovering safely. And that's all we can really hope for. But basically on Tuesday when Tech made the call to postpone the game with Baylor, there were only going to be 47 players eligible for that weekend uh, oh. of our, like, a hundred or so, you know, walk-ons plus 85 scholarships, right? So like a hundred players, 47 were eligible. Uh, four of oh. those were quarterbacks. So the quarterback controversy would have been in full effect there with maybe one of the quarterbacks playing like offensive line or something <laughs> too. Uh, real quick, were... real quick. Which quarterback would play offensive line? Ooh. Weston Elliott. Yeah, Weston, Weston Elliott's tall, you know, maybe have him beef up a little bit. The is that, is the Nate Cox? <laughs> Is Nate Cox on the team? That like seven footer walk on we have for a bit. <laughs> Who's the guy we got? Trent Wessel. Maybe I don't know yeah. what his size is, but uh, maybe put him out there at guard or something. Put him out there by himself. Just see how he does. He's apparently He's super wrong. smart. So also on the offensive line would have been some of our reserve kickers because all five of the kicking specialists were uh, were in that forty seven. So um, and then there were nine walk on players included in that forty seven. So yeah, basically. You know, 38 scholarship athletes, nine of whom were either a quarterback or a kicker. Uh, that's not enough to play a game. So they decided to postpone and eventually it got canceled. We know now um, they're not going to make up that game because Baylor chose to play Houston this weekend upcoming. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 
it is what it is, right? This is a weird season and this is going to happen again, probably if not to us, to somebody else and teams left yeah. and right have been canceling games. And I mean, it just like, it's just, you it's sit here and wonder, is, is any of this worth it? Right. And hopefully it is worth it. And people don't end up getting really sick and everything, but um, you know, it sucks to get hyped up for something and then have it yeah. fall through at the last minute like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You got something to add, Matt? Well, just I've said in the chat a few times that we should just nix the season or postpone it until the spring. The prospects of having a vaccine or some type of treatment by the end of the year is starting to look incredibly likely. So why not just wait? But the part of me that consistently defies logic and ignores facts is like, no, screw it. Let's just have the season. It's just tough. You want to you want to keep players safe. But for selfish reasons, we want them out there for our entertainment. So it just sucks. I and There's not an easy solution to this. If you cancel the whole season, I don't see what the pros of that really are when you think about it. But I don't yeah, know. And, it's, and it's I mean, just, for what it's worth, the players and coaches that are playing, you know, they want they want to they play. Want to play. Right? So they want to play. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right move. But, you know, if if we're if we're saying, you know, what's going on, they absolutely want to play and they, they want to go through everything they're going through in order to get on the field. So sure. You know, hope, hopefully, you know, these guys who have been out with contact tracing from that huge outbreak we had will be, some of them might be back this week. They might test negative. You know, we, we don't really know as far as we've heard the game this weekend is on, but again, last week they canceled on Tuesday. Uh, There's also a, Tropical storm slash hurricane about to roll through Hattiesburg tomorrow. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, as of now, I, I don't know. I'm maybe like 60% sure this game's going to happen, which is fun to jump into an hour long discussion with you boys about, yeah. you know, the game when we just did this last week. And now that game's not even going to happen, let alone like this or last weekend. It's not going to happen at all. I guess we're still supposed to play Baylor in 2024 or whatever, but. And 25, you know. Okay. All righty. All right. One of those in Rustin, too. But yeah, I mean, worst case, we'll just be previewing the NCAA 14 simulation that will go up on Thursday. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go watch Go watch that Baylor game if you want to be sad. <laughs> yeah, don't actually probably watch that one. Please don't. If we had ads enabled on the videos, I'd say, yeah, go watch it. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, some more downer news to add on a little bit to add on to the pile. Tommy McClelland, Louisiana Tech's athletic director, has stepped down take a deputy athletic director role at Vanderbilt. I had to look up what a deputy athletic director was because it, I was thinking like in a sheriff's office context. That <laughs> doesn't really make sense here. Basically, <laughs> the easiest way to describe it is programs sometimes have one or two athle- uh, deputy athletic directors that are kind of like a step down from the regular AD. So Vanderbilt has added two deputy athletic directors. So they have a total of two now. So they're each handling different things. So let's say he's the offensive coordinator of the Vanderbilt Athletic Administration now. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so he so he's, he's not selling be... lemonade, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't, uh, don't, well, don't get us started on this, Nathan. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of Tommy McClellan leaving for Vandy, uh, the BBB had some really terrific insight into this that I'd like to share. Um, so there's a thread on here. T-Mac How much of this Vandy. will we have to bleep? Oh, no, no, there's no bleeping. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need more whiskey for this. (laughs) I'm only going to, I can actually hear the bottle (laughs) open. (laughs) That was great. Uh, There's only one I'm going to (laughs) read. Well, actually, there's two things I'm going to read. 
so someone posted the thread or created the thread team active andy and paw dog said our gain is their loss and underneath that i guess paw dog for every contribution he makes has like a signature uh in his contributions that says i foe an i and tooth for a tooth quoted some idiot in missouri <laughs> Was that you, Matt? Did you say that? I know. I feel offended. <laughs> and uh, Blue Dog responded to Paw Dog by saying, just wait and see who replaces him here. Maybe we'll go with an actual child this time. Or just think, we could be the first university with an animal as AD. Thinking, Think of the branding possibilities. Man, he's joking, but I love both of those ideas. I, like, I want to see an eight-year-old in a suit trying to do all this. I want to see an, I want to see an eight-year-old. Like an elk. I like want an to elk see, in a business no, suit. Okay, no. I want to see an eight-year-old in a suit riding an elk in the suit as AD. Just co-ADs. We got to go get Michael Grant to uh, draw that for us. Yes, the, the elk oh is gosh. all-knowing. The elk is like it. He's all-knowing and omnipotent. <laughs> yeah, you brought up a pretty good idea, though, of just reading off BBB threads if more and more games get canceled. Because uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't even. That. I don't even. I haven't even been on that website in like I don't even know how long. It's been a while. Well, unless you have a uh, a need for masochate, like uh, like a masochistic need, I, I would suggest get staying away. They yeah. called the BYU game early. Like a couple uh, weeks ago, they talked about that. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I was going to say. I what have BYU a... game? Yeah. No, just kidding. We have more AD stuff to talk about. Uh, <laughs> who are we going to replace T-Mac with? Yeah, so to who we replaced him with originally. So for right now, uh, we replaced him with our deputy athletic director, Mary Kay Hungate. Uh, she'll be the interim AD while Tech looks for another one. Maybe she'll get the long-term job. I, nobody really I was gonna, well, I was going to say, is she qualified? She was also the interim uh back when Vandevelde left and we ended up hiring McClellan. So I doubt that she's going to be a candidate. Yeah. Um, she's been with the tech athletic department since 1990. Um, she, was an, she was an assistant coach uh, for the lady Texers under Barmore for a while. Um, and then, so she, she's just kind of like a, like a tech lifer, I guess you could describe. That sounds her like, so. that sounds like our person. Yeah. We'll get to like... some other potential candidates in a second. No, I'm sold. But, <laughs> I think you were sold on somebody else earlier in, in a uh, group message. I certainly was. But uh, Geis had said that what Tech wants to do is prioritize the ability to grow Tech's national brand and fundraising. He sees those as the big two things he needs the next ID to be able well, to do. I, I like where Geis is going with that. He also said he would love to announce the replacement before the beginning of the winter sports season, so like before basketball tips in November. Uh, quote, but we will not rush to make a decision just to achieve that. If it takes a little I, longer to find the right person, in the end, that's the important thing to do. I like hearing that as well. And you also got to wonder how COVID stuff yeah. impacts this, because in-person interviews are not the easiest thing to do right yeah, now. Yeah, but you know what really could you discern in person that you couldn't over a Zoom call? Yeah, and How attractive and, they are. <laughs> I don't know. I look pretty sexy on Zoom. But only on Zoom. <laughs> that's that's true words have never been <laughs> also um cory cory diaz has an article out uh where he quotes guys there the quote you just read nathan um and he does talk about you know having to do this in the era of covid is going to present challenges because you have to do everything virtually but also he said it's gonna have you know maybe some interesting people might be 
might be willing to take a, a gamble on a job that maybe they normally wouldn't because they're looking at their own budget and saying, Oh man, maybe, maybe I need to get out of here. Like if you're like the assistant athletic director at like Nebraska or something, right. And you're like an up and comer and I, I'm just making stuff up. I don't have any inside information or anything, but he does. Like if, you're, if you're looking and saying like, Oh, Nebraska said we were going to take like a, like a $27 million uh, short shortfall in the budget here like maybe i need to get the hell out of here right like maybe uh so so i think i don't know that we're gonna get anyone surprising but we're also not the most plugged in people in terms of like who's hot in the ad market right so we've got a couple of names here that we like just because of their recent affiliation with tech and i think nathan you got one to start out with yeah the the guy i want to talk about is marco born who was an associate athletic director at Tech for four years before leaving in 2018 to become the AD at Lamar. When he was at Tech, he was in charge of the fundraising. So that was during the sale of the luxury boxes in the deck, as well as the press box renovation and the baseball and softball turf upgrade. So really the huge projects Tech has done recently. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about like the the press box was what, like $15 million of private money, I think. And the the baseball- A lot of money. Yeah, the- the baseball softball turf was like $2 million or one, one and a half million or somewhere in that ballpark. So, I mean, the dude knows what he's doing in terms of fundraising. And we just heard that oh. Les Geis wants a fundraiser, you know, and, and he's also got actual AD experience. So I think he may be the well, favorite coming out of the gate here. But, well, well, there's a problem. And what's the problem? Well, there's a couple of problems. Let's start what with the What are the first. couple of problems? What are the couples of problems? Couples. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so one is he graduated with a BA and MA from MTSU. So that's automatically a strike against. And yeah, I mean, yeah. they're in the conference. Anybody but... who gets an MA from MTSU sucks. Am I oh, right? Okay. Oh, I got it now. I got the <laughs> joke now. <laughs> anybody, anybody who gets their MA period sucks. And uh, two, he, he's not even an American. He's German. Wait, is he really? He was born in Hanover, Germany. He's a hundred percent German. Like a like as a like on a military base kind no, of situation. Or? No, no, he I didn't know that. A hundred percent German. So he can't be president, but he is actually still legally allowed to be athletic director. <laughs> Not after this discouraging information is leaked. Huh. He also won the 2007 NCAA Division One <laughs> Tennis Devils Championship with his yeah. teammate Andreas. Oh God, Sildstrom! Give it three tries. Sildstrom. One more. It's definitely Sildstrom. It's definitely Sildstrom. And it is with confidence. And it is because I clicked on his photo and zoomed in on it, and the letter below the photo is just S. Who's managing this page? You're horrible. But yeah, he's a completely German. I don't know the story there. Oh my God, that dude's six foot nine. Yeah, he's a he. It, yes, he's the second tallest male player on tour. Anyway, yeah. the, the other candidate that we have for AD <laughs> is probably not German. Haven't checked, but I don't think so. Evan, who is it? Yeah, we got uh, Leah Beasley here. She she was at Tech. You guys may remember her when nope. when I was there. She was the what is it assistant ad for marketing and she kind of ran the game day experience at basketball games uh so she would have been there your senior year or uh your freshman year nathan i think uh my senior year she's followed by LaTeX and skip holtz oh well skip 
came after she left, probably. Anyway, uh, she she graduated. She is a tech alum. So hey. there you go, Matt. Um, yeah. She played softball for the Lady Texters from 2002 to 2005, graduating Let's in 2005 go. with a degree in marketing and receiving an MBA in 2006 from tech. And then she was with the hey. athletics department in various roles after that, including associate and assistant AD. And like I said, she she was the one that was like coming up with all the little goofy halftime antics that we did, you know, dur- during basketball games wait, like the. Wait, wait, is she responsible for the DQ race? I don't think so. I, I think that would have been after that been a, her. That would have been a solid, like, let's get yeah. her now. Whoever's responsible for the DQ race needs to be AD. I don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> I've seen anymore. Whoever's idea just, that was. Just walks into the interview wearing the freaking yeah. ice cream cone. We put the eight-year-old <laughs> child in the ice cream cone and we have ourselves an AD. And the elf. Ice cream cone for AD. Oh, my God. Why didn't I tweet that earlier? Holy oh, crap. Gonna, let, let's, let's Photoshop that tonight. And we'll that with the yeah. Show. Okay. Yeah. Put it out with. Yeah. Okay. But then the mystery, <laughs> mystery ink takes the mask off and it's the elk underneath the ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So back to Leah Beasley. She, she left Tech in 2013 um, to go to Mississippi State where she took the job as assistant AD for marketing. Um, and since she's been there, she rose up the ranks a little bit from assistant AD to associate. And now she is the executive senior associate athletic director for external affairs. So sort of all things marketing, including like, um, again, still the game day experience and stuff like the broadcasting and all that sort of stuff. She's in charge of that. So I guess she's impressed them over at Mississippi State. And so I think she might be a, a, a really good pick to come back if she's interested, you know? which you'd think she would be being a lady texter alum and being here for so long. So, yeah, I mean, I like that pick. I know when I talked about Marco Bourne a second ago, but I'm, I'm kind of on team Beasley. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, we don't like, like I said, we don't really know anything. And obviously this happened today. That cannot be stressed enough. We do not (laughs) know anything. So I'm sure there's like 74 other names that tech wants. I heard that there was, I heard there were six between 69 and 420. (laughs) <laughs> solid joke I tried uh, 9 out of 420 so yeah and we, and we heard <laughs> from guys he's gonna he's gonna take his time and uh and can, can guys gonna... be AD no but Skip can his name has actually come up a bit not that Skip would probably want to because well I let's mean, yeah. let's enter, let's entertain that idea the last time a coach was also the AD wasn't it Derek Dooley yep he was an okay AD yeah he, he was, was an yeah. okay AD he was just a terrible football coach I mean, he was okay at that too, just not as great as Tennessee thought. Yeah. Oof. Oof is right. And hopefully Tech won't be saying oof after a Friday night matchup against BYU on October the 2nd, because that's our last bit of news to talk about before we uh, jump to the game that's supposed to happen Saturday. Tech has scheduled a game against BYU. Hey, the Fighting Mormons. (laughs) Yeah, this this is good. Um... BYU, I mean, they, they've played one game so far this year, and we'll preview them in three weeks if that game's, you know, still on the schedule. <laughs> uh, I hope so. It's a, it's a unique matchup, and I like it a lot. I Yeah, we've I, never played them before. Yeah, it's a very unique matchup, and it's, a, it's such a shame that obviously there's no fans in stadiums, but guys, I got to tell you, the... <laughs> Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU, that stadium is one of the most gorgeous surroundings I've ever seen. 
mountains galore, snow-capped mountains, guys. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, wow. The scoreboard just got f***ing mountains behind it. That's oh, awesome. Oh, my God, guys. Yeah, it's it's one of, I think it's one of the most beautiful, one of the it's most like beautiful. Sun Bowl yeah. level. It's insane. It's it's so gorgeous. And wow. I mean. That's like, that's like watching a concert at Red Rocks. Like, oh, that's, yeah. Look at that. But instead, you're watching Tech Get Blown Out. <laughs> yeah, they they did. Uh, so so I was starting to say earlier, they've played one game so far, and they beat the ever loving crap out of Navy. Yeah, they destroyed uh, Navy, fifty five to three on week one of college football. And uh, to be fair, though, Navy's coach after the game said that they hadn't <laughs> even done live tackling in practice because Oof. they were trying to trying to limit, you know exposure and it's like but you're gonna tackle the opposing team though, so maybe tackling each other like the you... day before like or 15 minutes before you go out on the field start tackling like <laughs> yeah and my favorite part of that is that doesn't excuse the fact that you you already should know how to tackle <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but not tackling for like what nine months ten months something like that since the well, last game of last season that's uh pretty rough i mean a quarterback shouldn't need training camp they know how to throw a football <laughs> i guess that, that is a coaching choice to not tackle at all during spring or well i guess spring got canceled but fall camp right that's the next evolution of a uh, offensive minded football just, <laughs> if your defense doesn't tackle you get the ball back sooner <laughs> well uh Sonny Dykes will be trotting that one out. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your eye on SMU, man. BYU destroyed the Navy so badly that we're back to the 13 colonies. And (laughs) we had our first game canceled. So now, who's next? Well, one last thing, because you tried to transition into Southern Miss pregame information stuff that we have. I was trying. Let's do a quick rundown of the Bulldogs that played in the NFL games that weren't postponed this week. First up, we're going to start at the top, right? Amik Robertson. Oh, God. Excited for him in Vegas. He's suited up. Played zero snaps. Ooh, yeah. He was he was the uh, the fourth cornerback, I believe. So no stats for him this week, but hopefully he'll get in soon. Jeff Driscoll, also no stats. He's a backup quarterback in Denver. Did not get into the game. Well, Denver plays tonight. Denver oh, plays, shit. Yeah, Denver, yeah, Denver plays, plays tonight. So They play my Titans in a couple of minutes. Hey, I need your boy Derrick Henry to get a lot of to get a lot of points for me in, this, in the CUSA Twitter fantasy league because I'm getting whooped by a dude from Charlotte. So that's a first. Yeah, I, I didn't know Charlotte existed, so I wasn't prepared for this fantasy matchup. Amik <laughs> <laughs> not playing at all is very strange. I mean, yeah, I don't I thought, know enough about Vegas's secondary system. To... I guess yeah, so, I thought at least on special teams, but, but at least on special teams or rotation. I mean, my God. It's just, possible special teams weren't counted in this. Okay. But on from Amik, who do we got next? Next up, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, the Philadelphia normal running back starting one. My I drafted him in fantasy. It was out with an injury. Boston Scott will get some carries, right? The end of the night, nine rushes, 35 yards, two receptions, 19 yards. Yeah, he got the start, though. So, I mean, yeah. they, they believe in him there, and that's that's good to see. But uh, they made Washington football team 1-0 and with their new name, so kind of unforgivable. <laughs> It's still a better name than Redskins. It's a very low bar you set there, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I still love the Washington football team name. I love that. It's growing on me. As someone who they, lives in an area where everything is a three-letter I love acronym. That they, like, their coaches were like wearing hats that just say Washington football team. <laughs> so great. All right, Evan, who's next? Yeah, next up we got Xavier Woods for the Dallas Cowboys. 
who uh, I believe got the start at safety, and he had nine total tackles, including six solo. I didn't watch that much. Not game, bad. So I don't know how uh, how he looked, but yeah, nine tackles, pretty good. Xavier was a great. I uh, I love watching him play. Although I don't like it when I Google him, it comes up with the WWE wrestler, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, I didn't even know about that wrestler thing until he got drafted. Yeah, me either. Joking about I, it. Yeah. But yeah, he had a pretty good night. Yeah. Next up, Trent Taylor. He had two receptions, seven yards, uh, which is not a great stat line. He was the target on San Francisco's last ditch fourth down play. And third down. Line. And third, third down, down as well. well. Notes don't say third down, so I mean, who can who can we trust here? You were the notes, uh, but Grubbo's well, third and fourth down. He was the target. Grubbo's desperation heave was batted away on the fourth down play, and he couldn't uh, score the game winning touchdown. I blame Grubbo having not actually watched that play. Yeah, I did see that play, and I blame the 49ers offensive line. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, Vernon Butler was inactive due to a hamstring injury, so he plays for Buffalo now. In case you missed that, uh, but he did not play yesterday. And another player on a new team, Justin Ellis on the Ravens. Had one, one assisted tackle. Wow. Yeah, there we go. And then also on the Baltimore Ravens, who crushed the Browns yesterday. Shout out, Jake. Uh, Jalen Ferguson, who had one tackle and one QB hit. So, well, you guess. And uh, let's not forget Kenneth Dixon. I have him in fantasy. I drafted him. <laughs> I drafted Boston Scott, but he was on that bench yesterday. So Love you, Kenneth. You're going to be a LaTeX legend until the day you die. And go to the CFL and produce a cookbook. And hey, that means a lot to a lot of different people. All right, Matt, you got one more player for us here? Well, in the words of Eminem at the end of Encore, hands up for the grand finale. Now, what Dre's about to speak, blaze a pound of weed six days about the week, had to finish the line. Uh, anyway, Legarius Sneed had the start at cornerback for the defending Super Bowl champ, Kansas City Chiefs who are right around the corner from your boy here in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. I was at my mother-in-law's house for this game, and as I cannot watch La Tech football, I pretended that no other player... I didn't even care about the Kansas City Chiefs offense, which is the most fun to watch. I was just hoping they would hurry up and score so I could see Legereus Sneed play. And at the beginning of the game, didn't fare too well. Uh, David Johnson kind of dropped his ding-ding sauce on Legereus Sneed to get a corner end zone touchdown. Uh, but, uh, despite getting murked, uh, on the first drive by the Texans or the second drive by the Texans, uh, Snead finished the game. I don't know his complete stat line, but I know he had one, uh, broken up pass broken up, which I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was really, really well done. Oh, uh, yeah. his, pa- his oh, pass, his pass breakup, his pass breakup was excellent. He was ball hawking that, that receiver perfectly. And I uh, also ended the game with the first interception of the NFL season, uh, which, and a 39 yard return with that too. Indeed. Which seemed like it only took five, like less than five seconds for him to run 40 yards, which I guess makes sense because he ran a four three, but yeah. uh, checks out. it does. I think he only had uh, the receivers. He covered only had two receptions for 19 yards the whole game. Um, not bad. Yeah. Add on three tackles. And that's yeah. what we have written here in the notes. He had a pretty good hit on one of the Texans receivers uh, on a long screen pass. Uh, something else I want to bring up. The Chiefs lost their number one corner, Traverius Ward, to a fractured hand. Um, he is getting surgery on it. Rumor has it that he's going to wear a cast and keep playing, um, which is insanity. Uh, but Kendall Fuller did that last year for the Chiefs. I'm not sure if Traverius Ward will end up doing that. If he does miss some time, I fully expect Sneed not to be the uh, – well, 
I don't expect Snead to be the number one corner, uh, but he will definitely retain that number two spot because Brashad Breland, who is the Chiefs' number one corner, is out with suspension. How long is he suspended for? Uh, Breland is suspended the first four games of the season. Oh, wow. So Snead's uh, got so, some time to win that job, huh? I really do think so. Um, but when it all is said and done, I fully expect it to be Breland and Ward uh, guarding the one and two. But And now that we've spoken about it a little bit longer, I'm not sure that Snead wouldn't be the number one corner. Uh, I don't know who came in for Ward, but I think we'll definitely see Snead play quite a few reps on defense against the Chargers. Yeah, and I mean, Snead was Snead was guarding Brandon Cooks, and I want to say Cooks ended up with like two catches. I'm for, pretty for sure. Most of I the night, it, I think it was two catches for 19 yards for all receivers that Snead was on. Yeah, it was two receptions for 20 yards for Cooks total. But yeah, I remember seeing somebody tweeted, uh, you know, the stats of the diff, like the next gen stats or whatever for those DBs, and Snead's were the best. I mean, he had a phenomenal game and. The whole football world was watching, right? Because it was the first NFL game, and you had people from, you know, obviously like Amik was tweeting, Tremont Williams tweeted at him, and then even even non-tech players like Marshawn Lattimore tweeted, you know, thirty-eight Sneed having a game or something like that, you know. So that's really just, cool to see. Really, really cool to see. Yeah, everybody, everybody kind of noticing, and Chris Collinsworth, who I I hate as a color commentary guy now here's a guy i was about <laughs> to say that I mean, he, he was just going out of his way to praise sneed for like pretty much from the middle of the second quarter through the end of the game every time sneed did anything he was like you know now here's a guy or whatever but now uh, here's a guy <laughs> anyway that's probably enough NFL talk. We're excited to watch Sneed. Um, and the rest of these guys hopefully can, you know, make that kind of impact known as well. But Sneed definitely had probably the most high profile first game for a tech player in since I've been yeah, a quite player, a while. You know, quite a I while. Mean, just starting for the for the defending Super Bowl champs and coming out that way with the pick and the, you know, just you couldn't ask for more really. No, he had a great game. Yeah, and hopefully Tech will have a great game when they take on Southern Miss this Saturday. You know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, yeah, ho- hopefully. hopefully we'll Vegas. Hopefully we'll have a game. So. Kickoff is scheduled for six thirty Central on ESPN two in twenty nineteen. Southern Miss has the ninety sixth best rated SP plus offense and the sixty seventh best rated defense. But they just lost their head coach. Jay Hobson has stepped down after an eleven point loss to South Alabama last week. Oof. Yeah, that which that did was y'all watch weird. that game? I, no. I did not watch the game. I was uh I was flying back from California when that game was happening. So Yeah, I, early on, USM's first quarter was atrocious. And <laughs> uh I, I harp on this a little bit in the Blue Tech Blue post that goes out, I guess, today. But uh they had two false starts on their first drive. They had, uh, I believe, an illegal man downfield at one point, twice on the same drive as well. Uh, they couldn't establish the run. Uh, and their leading running back, by the way, is Frank Gore Jr., like That's the guy's son. Wild. Is what's Frank wild, Gore still playing in the NFL? What's, what's is. wild is Frank Gore is going to end up being the first NFL player to play with his son. Uh, well, if his son's stats are anything to go by, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, you never know. Practice squad plays in a preseason game, makes history. They all retire. Yeah, yeah. He works. plays for the Jets. Look at that. Yep. Everyone plays for the Jets. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I mean, from what I saw after the fact, right? Southern Miss just sucks. They didn't get a lot. 
going. They they had three of their ten drives go three and out for either zero yards or negative yards. They had one <laughs> negative eleven yard drive, uh, which was fun. Um, and yeah, like you said, Nathan. I mean, they just they couldn't run the ball at all, and they couldn't really run the ball last year either, to be honest. So on thirty seven carries against South Alabama, the Golden Eagles managed ninety seven yards, which is two point six yards per carry. Oh. Um, yeah, and and South Alabama's. Like they're not good. They came in last in the Sun Belt last year, right? They they went one and seven in conference play. Like uh, this is a bad team. It obviously they could be better this year, and, and this is a weird COVID year. But still, man, that to come out that flat against a team that honestly I don't know what the line was, but it was probably like fourteen points at least, right? It was uh, USM was favored by twelve and a half. Yeah, jeez, like man, you yeah, understand yeah. why why people were kind of. Not necessarily pushing for Jay Hobson to resign, but people weren't sad when he did. I'll put it that way. But I mean, you said like the running attack was not working, but they ran the ball 37 times and only passed it 32. The passing Uh, game was working well enough. It was working a lot better than the the rushing game was. And when you're down for most of the game, they they started down 13 nothing. They went to halftime down 13 10, and it only got back worse from there. But they ran the ball a lot for a team that wasn't being very successful on the ground and was also losing. But that part of that may be because their quarterback, Jack, Abra- Jack Abraham, who we've harped on a lot because he deserves it yeah. for being a traitor and whatnot. He doesn't actually deserve it, but like, yeah. come on, it's a joke. Hey, he could have he been a backup for us for like six years. So don't tweet at him. The dude's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> yeah, don't but, don't be a ULL fan about it. Come on, guys. Yeah. Not, not that anyone has been. His stat line for the night, 22 for 32, <laughs> 314 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And that really kind of sums up what he does as a quarterback. It reminds me a lot of Teddy Bridgewater's play when he was playing for the Saints last year, which I realize not everyone who likes tech likes the Saints. But if you yeah. watch those games that Teddy played last year, what you do is you just have a bunch of conservative short passes. You don't stretch mm-hmm. the ball down the field very much, and you rely on the running backs and the rest of the team to win you the game. And that rest of the team failed Southern Miss in this game because the defense was really bad, especially on third down. But Jack Abraham's not going to win you the game. He's just not going to lose you the game. And that's well, what happened here. Last year, he lost lost them well, the game. He but, usually doesn't, I guess. <laughs> or you could say Amik Robertson won us the game, but he's yeah. not here anymore. So, so we'll have to see. Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, Jay Hobson stepped down, and we don't need to get super into that. I mean, it just it is weird, right? The timing is very strange, and they made it seem like it was more of a mutual thing. Like he came to the AD and said, Hey, uh, I don't know about this anymore. Nope. And the AD was like, yeah, I don't know about you anymore. Let's, let's move on. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it is very strange to step down like on the first Monday of the season after a loss. It, it, it was a bad loss, but I mean, it wasn't a 40 point loss either. Like it, 11, it was closer than it really was throughout most of this game. The Jaguars were in control for the entirety of it, but it wasn't like they were getting blown out by an FCS school. Like it's one game into the season. It, it feels early, but I'm not really complaining at this point. Yeah. And and so they've just promoted their, I think, offensive coordinator. He was slash, a co-offensive coordinator. Yeah. They, his name's Scotty Walden. He's 30 years old. So kind of a young, young guy that's, relatively unproven he was the head coach at east texas baptist university uh in 2016 and his team put up 564 yards per game and 50 points they only they went seven and three uh they i have here a fun fact they scored 85 points in a game against southwest assemblies of god 
Uh, which I, I'm not sure if that's just like <laughs> a church that they suited up to play, but I mean, like, I'm picturing like an old grandma like playing tailback or something. But that's yeah, an eight year old kid again. <laughs> they scored 34 points in the third quarter of that game. So uh, he, he's an offensive guy, I guess, is what I take from that. Yeah, I found an old uh, story from around 2014 that was comparing him to Cliff Kingsbury back before everyone compared everybody to, uh, I forgot the Rams coach's name, but whenever you have an offensive oh, Sean line. Sean yeah. yeah. Oh, that was it was Cliff Kingsbury that you compared everybody to. Soon it'll be Joe Brady if the Panthers can make yeah, anything pretty much. Them. There's always some yeah. guy who uh, everyone gets compared to for the yeah. offensive mind of the generation or whatever. But, I mean, Scotty Walden's a young guy taking over as head coach. I mean, if I'm USM... This feels like an easy call, especially if you're already kind of writing off the season. Just plug the young guy in there. See if he's the wonder kid you expect him to be. Or if he falls on his face, Nick Isham style, and you ship him off and he joins a rock band. Right. <laughs> he starts recording praise and worship music from his basement. Um. <laughs> Maybe he goes and joins the Southwest Assemblies of God and, and records a track with them. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, normally we like to start out with how other people are predicting this game and I think we should be clear here. Nobody's seen tech play. So that I think will impact everybody, including our own predictions, right? And and what we're about to talk about. But Nathan, what what are the numbers looking like here? Yeah, this is a real nobody knows kind of situation. ESPN predicts tech to win with a fifty-four point one percent chance of winning. Massey gives tech a fifty-three percent chance of winning with a two point victory, twenty-six to twenty-four. But Vegas Going against the grain has Southern Miss as five-point favorites. Wow. So nobody knows. And usually home field advantage is like three points. So neutral yeah. field, it's a two-point game is what Vegas is saying. That's crazy. I mean, we've seen what USM put on the field, and it was awful. So like that to me is more of a, of a I, I don't know, like we haven't seen Tech, so maybe they're going to be awful too in their first game. And uh, I, but, I, mean, I, I don't know, but... It comes down to a lot of what Southern Miss did in the first quarter was they got all the kinks out of their system. They weren't great from there on out, but if they only played the, the last three quarters of that game, it wouldn't have been nearly as disastrous as it was. I think actually by point, they would have won the game if you just subtract the 14 points South Alabama scored in the first. But Tech doesn't have that game to iron out the kinks before this one. That would have been Baylor, and yeah. uh, that didn't happen. So, I mean, can Tech... I, we're getting into the how can Tech win that we'll talk about in a second. But I think having this one as a, a pick em feels fair because yeah. I, I just... I don't know even. Yeah, I, I mean, so let's get into it here. How how do we think that Tech can win? Matt, do you want to start us out here? What, what does Tech need to do to win this game? Show up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's a, that's a, that's an unanswerable question in my opinion, uh, simply because we haven't seen tech play. It's, I, I don't even, I mean, I don't know. This is, I was just telling Julia in the car earlier that this is the first time since I've been a tech fan that I don't really know a lot about this team. There are no players in the team from my time there. Uh, there are no players in the team from right when I left. So it's just a lot of question marks, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be terrible. I don't know if we're going to be really good. But do I think we're going to win? Yes. How can we win? Easy. Hand the ball off to our running back, play great defense, we'll win this game. All right, Evan, you want to try to answer this unanswerable question? Yeah, I mean, pretty much play my uh, my my clip from last week, except, you know, bleep out Baylor and put in USM. I mean, we... we 
we haven't played, like you just said, Matt, you know. So I think in that situation, like in in your first game of any season, the key is going to be to play as clean as you can. Don't make dumb mistakes that you make at the beginning of a season, right? And also, you know, tackle and practice, I guess. Shout out Navy. But um, USM also has proven that they cannot run the football, like 37 carries, 97 yards. So, and that was against South Alabama, who we're better than. So we, we need to key in on Jack Abraham. We need to give him some blitzes. We need to, you know, get in his face because the passing game is going to win. How can USM win? It's the passing game, right? That's the only way they can win. They're not going to run the ball uh, well. They they may be better than they were last week. Um, but you got to worry about a couple of guys in the passing game that we'll talk about later, a couple of receivers, but, um, I'm less concerned about us scoring points because even though I don't know what our offense is totally going to look like, a bad South Alabama team scored 32 points on them last weekend. So, uh, and they shot themselves in the foot a lot. They had turnovers. They, right, Nathan? I mean, they, they didn't look yeah. great either, right? Yeah. You're transitioning into my point a little bit, but you can finish yeah, up. Yeah, go, go for it. Go, go for it. That's how we We, we got to stop the, stop the passing game because the running game is going to be stopped just because their running game is bad. Yeah, the turnovers really that's how Southern or South Alabama, there's a Southern and a South, and it's hard to choose between the two, which word it is. But South Alabama almost blew this game because of two turnovers that happened when the Golden Eagles were blitzing. And so what Southern Miss was doing a lot, they blitzed a lot. They they it felt like every other play they sent a blitz, and half the time South Alabama completed a deep pass against the side that was blitzing and, and gained a bunch of yards and maybe scored a touchdown. And the other half the time, the quarterback got rattled, tried to roll out through a pick. And that happened twice with the picks. And so whether it's Aaron Allen or Luke Anthony or or, or who cares is in that quarterback. <laughs> Trent Wessel. Let's if go. Trent Wessel is that quarterback, then that works too. If they can keep the ball out of the hands of, and this is what Southern Miss calls their defense, and I hate it, but they call themselves the nasty bunch, uh, then, then Tech will be fine here. Really, that's that's what I'm most worried about, and that's how Tech can win this game is if they just don't do this thing, and that's throw interceptions. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I think also we should mention that it would be very helpful if Tech has like a full roster back from uh, from COVID. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. yeah, that's starting to get into uh, how can Tech lose. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you have a way that Tech can lose? Uh, a lot would have to go wrong, but I... As in the past. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm going to pick an area of our game that has gone wrong in the past and say we don't win the special teams war and we oh, God. miss our field goals, we don't punt the ball well, Maybe and we Barnes don't... Why. Yeah. <laughs> We don't kick the ball well. Uh, a lot could go wrong on special teams, but that's my area where I think that if this turns out into a knockdown drag out, two shitty teams playing each other, uh, we lose because our special teams drop the ball. No pun intended. Yeah, and uh, I mean, from there, uh, I'll reiterate here, Southern Miss can't run the ball, right? So they're going to pass about 57,000 times probably, and we haven't seen anything from our secondary. So I think it's pretty easy to see how we can lose, right? If, if our guys can't cover their guys, they're going to, they're going to pass all over us. Jack Abraham might have his best night ever, right? Uh, we don't have a Meek Robertson coming out of the, uh, of the locker room in the second half. So it, it, that's, I think USM's path to victory here is that outside of, 
you know, weird stuff or, or tech just being flat coming out because it's our first game is that you could easily see Jack Abraham completing 35 of those, what I say, 57,000 uh, attempts. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, you know, if tech's secondary can't get their feet under them quickly, we will struggle on defense all night. And I think it'll be a shootout. And in that scenario, I could see us, you know, losing 42 to 41 or some shit like that. That would make us all devastatingly sad. Yeah, of course it would be one point. Yeah, right. that's 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 really close to what my answer to this question is. And it's just that the defense doesn't come ready to play. Uh, we talked about this last week, how Tech is replacing 9 of 11 starters. And even if that doesn't mean as much as it sounds like it does, it's, it's still a lot of production to try to make up for. Uh, I don't really see Southern Mist putting up a ton of points, especially because they are concerned, like the run game doesn't work and they're very conservative in the pass game. So that doesn't result in a lot of points. But it may take some time for us to figure out our own offense. Like we have a yeah. new quarterback coming in. Well, maybe Aaron Allen. Potentially two, two new games. quarterbacks, yeah. right? I mean, uh, I don't know what the game plan changed between Baylor and this game, too. But our D just needs to keep the game close enough for our offense to kind of figure it out and then deliver. Look, and before we jump into players, I mean, I think one of the one of the things that I think helps tech is that we've got film on 2020 Southern Miss and they don't have film on Luke Anthony. I mean, they could watch his film from, from Abilene Christian if they want, I guess, but you know, they don't know if he's playing. So I doubt they spent very much time doing that. So that may actually play to our advantage. The fact that we haven't played and they don't know what the hell we're going to look like. The problem is maybe we don't know what the hell we're going to look like either. So if we can just have our shit together, I think we can win this game comfortably, you know? Yeah, that's that's kind of my thought, too. Uh, that being said, though, my player to watch is the wide receiver Tim Jones uh, with Quadres Watley gone to, I think, the NFL, but at least graduation. Uh, Tim Jones needed to step up, and he was really the only bright spot for Southern Miss last week against South Alabama. Without Amik or Sneed in the secondary for Tech, I'm really kind of worried about that guy. That's Tim Jones. Very forgettable name yeah he, he caught six passes for 139 yards so really good night for tim jones i i also chose him but can i just you know to not cheat here can i uh choose him for the return game um he he was back for a return against south alabama and he had one return for 37 yards which is pretty good and i don't know if you guys recall how last year's usm game started out but there was definitely a kick return touchdown in the first quarter maybe the, the first, first play? play that's what i remember being in the stadium for that yeah so let's not have that happen again i mean uh but i i in order to not cheat i did pick another guy his name's kyle hamby and he was named first team all conference at a <clears throat> a defensive back he didn't end up doing too much against South Alabama. He had one catch um, or one tackle, sorry. Um, but I'd be concerned about him if I were whoever the quarterback ends up being. Yeah. Matt, do you have somebody? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Swayze Bozeman, uh, solely based upon the fact that his name is strange and <sighs> he is a pretty good linebacker. Uh, he had 10 tackles against University of Southern Alabama. Yeah. Swayze, weird name. Uh Swayze Bozeman. I mean, pulls out a trachea like Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. Uh, one last thing to do here, I guess, is make our score predictions. Uh, Evan, who do you think will win this game and by what score? Man, like I, like I said before, I mean, if Tech can just have even a modicum of like midseason form, right? So just don't 
look like Southern Miss looked in their first quarter and don't look like Iowa State looked for their entire game last week against Let's the team not talk that shall about not that. be named. But, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what we look like. I'm very excited to see that, so please don't cancel the game unless it's, you know, the right thing to do, I guess. But, man, it's so hard to, to like, make a final thought prediction here. But I think, ultimately, Tech's going to have the offense to – shoot out whatever Southern Miss is able to do against our defense. So our defense is kind of the biggest question mark for me. And I don't know. I, I just think that if South Alabama can do it, I think we can do it better. Right. So I'm going to go 42 to 26 tech wins. Wow. Um, That's a bit more optimistic than what I'm feeling. I've been back and forth about this this week, about who I think will win this game. Even Uh, had tech play Baylor, no matter how that game went, I would have felt a lot more confident. Just again, the first quarter That's getting fair. the kinks out yeah. of the system kind of thing. Um, and even so, I'm picking Tech to win, but I think it's going to be closer to that Massey rating score of, was it 26 to 24? I'd, I'll probably go like 30, no, I'd probably go 28 to 24 would be my Oof. would be my final score prediction. Will it be close or will, will, like South, or will uh, Southern Miss score like a late touchdown to make it closer? I think, well, I think Southern Miss will score a late touchdown to make it closer, but it will never feel in hand. Okay. Like it's it's not it wasn't. Well, a, we were up by eleven schools. with a fucking minute left like three years ago, and we still lost. So I, I feel you there. So nobody That's ever knows anything. But fun memory. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope this one's a better one. Matt, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, we're going to win twenty to fourteen. It's going to be an ugly, nasty game. There's going to be some turn. There's going to be lots of turnovers. There's going to be a missed field goal here and there. It's just going to be a really unpleasant game. A really un shades of un- twenty nineteen grambling, huh? Twenty to very- fourteen. A very un yeah, a very unimpressive first game of the season for us. So we'll watch the game and we'll win, but we still won't really know what's going on. Basically. That's 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 perfect. Yeah, exactly. We'll be like, uh, should Luke Anthony be the quarterback or should Aaron Allen? I don't know. They both played and they were both kind of. Eh. Well, the quick answer to that is Aaron Allen, and the quicker <laughs> answer is he'll be great. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for Aaron Allen to get the start and Matt just goes a donkey in our chat, like he likes to say. Just I'll go Abraham Lincoln, bro. So beyond the QB controversy that we've talked about a lot in the past few weeks, uh, any more closing thoughts before we wrap up this USM section? Uh no. Just it's uh no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just want to see tech football, really. I mean, I want to be, I want to be mad. I want to be happy. I, I want to be like. That's a good question. Then, would you rather tech lose this game or not be able to watch tech football this weekend? Uh, so you're telling me it's definitely a loss. But I get to watch <laughs> in this hypothetical scenario, would you rather watch tech lose to USM oh. or have the game get canceled? Dear God, dude. Oh man, I hate Southern Miss so much, man. <laughs> if it was like. Marshall or something, I'd say, yeah, let's yeah, play the of game. Course. Yeah, who right? cares? But like Southern Miss, though, uh, I'm I'm taking the game, man. I got to see Tech. <laughs> I got to see Tech, right? Like, is that your answer, Matt? No. You'd rather the game not be played than lose. That that is correct. Well, the game would be postponed too because it's a conference yeah. game, so we'd figure out how to make it up probably. But like, if I'm choosing between waiting till September 26th, my wedding day, <laughs> to watch Tech football. When I'm not even going to be able to watch us against Houston Baptist, who, by the way, put up 615 yards or something like that against Texas Tech last week. So can't wait to preview that one and predict us to lose. Yeah, that'll be fun, especially if uh, we do lose this one. But hopefully we won't. Yeah, I, 
I'm choosing I'm choosing watch football. That's my I don't want to be sad while watching football all day again. So I'd yeah, rather I, just be sad about watching tech football than be sad because tech's not playing, I think. From a content producing point of view, I'd rather tech play. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I have run out of ideas. Yeah. That shout out tech for uh or shout out Tommy for leaving so we had something to talk about instead of our Baylor recap. Yeah, and one last thing to talk about here before we wrap up is the tweet of the week. All right, and this week's Tweet of the Week goes to at Bulldog UTSA. Kind of like half of that name. He tweeted, another year, another UTSA win over Texas State with a picture from the SpongeBob episode where they say, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? But old man is replaced with Texas State. And it's a uh, roadrunner. (laughs) He photoshopped the roadrunner head on the fish head from SpongeBob. It's a great tweet. Oh, man, that's funny. I'm going to retweet that right now. There we go. Go check out the GTPDD timeline for that one if you haven't seen it. Oh, man. That's a good tweet. Good job. It only took us like three minutes of dead time here to find it. Looking forward to editing all that out later. (laughs) Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find that tweet that Evan just retweeted at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, where hopefully we'll have a USM preview thread up Friday, because hopefully the game will still be up, still be going on when yeah. Friday comes. That's at gtpdd.dog. And we'll have some stuff on our YouTube channel, which and the, YouTube is weird. And, and uh, the contest will be up on uh, up on Wednesday. And I can't promise that it won't be the same questions I had for Baylor, but Baylor's not happening now. Yeah, nobody yeah, knows. I will change the question about the Brazos River, though, but I'm sad because I was happy with that bonus question. But anyway, maybe I'll tweet that out. Three or four years from now. Yeah. But until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go Tech. Please don't die. Please don't. Whoop, whoop. Mormons don't get coronavirus. <laughs> Their special underwear protects them. Anyway. Speaking um, as the only member of GTPDD that comes from a Mormon family. Um, okay, I'm glad you said that out loud. because now Is you your family Mormon? I had no idea. That's correct, Evan. So, speaking as a... <laughs> well, I apologize about the underwear comment. No need. No need. It gets a lot worse than that. Uh, <laughs> I, I love you. I love you, Dad. Um, sometimes.